Welcome to Bookish, and I'm happy to have you here. And I'm especially happy to have you here because I have author David Crocker with us today. David Crocker is the author of Compassionaries, Unleash the Power of Serving. Welcome, David. Thank you, Ebony. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you for being here. How are you today? I'm doing well for Saturday. Yes, it's it's a lovely Saturday. You know, I'm in where where are you? I'm in California. I'm in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. A little dreary here today. We've had a couple of days of rain, but uh, overcast. But otherwise, uh, nice place in the country to live for sure. You know, I have to Venice. Uh, Venice. What am I saying? I have to visit Tennessee. You know what? Does Tennessee border Alabama? It does. Yeah, the northern border of Alabama. Is on I Tennessee. think I've yeah. been like a little over that border when I went to Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. Um, yeah, I visited there for and we went to this little like convenience store. And I think it was like somewhere right on the border of Tennessee, Alabama. But anyways, but I need to go deeper into the state to really right. get the spirit of it, right? That's right. We would welcome you. I would love it. Okay, so David, let's talk a little bit about this book. So why do you think serving others has power? Well, first, let me say that I was about halfway through the writing of the book when I really sort of made that discovery. Uh, I've worked with serving others and helping others uh, serve others well for about 27 years now. And so um, I feel like I have a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge that I've acquired through those years, but I never had really thought about serving having power until I began to delve into that more deeply. And everywhere I looked, I could see that it does have power. Now, not power in the sense that a lot of people think of it. I describe power as the ability to make things happen. Now, they may be good or they may be bad. We, we see plenty of examples of both. Of course, serving others is a good kind of power. I describe it as quiet power. Just because it's not loud doesn't mean it's, it's not effective. So what I mean by power is serving others changes minds and hearts. And in more cases than we realize, it has the ability to transform lives, both those who are serving and those who are being served. Mm -hmm. So in small ways and sometimes in very large ways, serving others has the ability to have impact and influence and can be transformative. Well, all of those things are powerful. And so I think of serving others as a very positive yet often overlooked change agent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we when people talk about serving others, and this has kind of been a, a buzz theme lately, especially since COVID and people starting their own businesses. And the idea um, that is um, encouraged behind building those businesses is serve people do something where you can be of service if you're going to start a business is it possible to serve others and make money really oh not only is it possible but that's really a preferred way to do it there was an article some time ago in entrepreneur magazine as a matter of fact that listed some of the ways that entrepreneurs have found that serving others is a good way for them to run their business 
And one of the statements, one of the five statements in that is that it actually is more profitable for a business to uh, approach, for let's just say an entrepreneur, to approach uh, the work they do, the services they offer, and so forth, uh, from the standpoint of serving others. And the profits always follow. Mm. And I think part of what happens there is people know when they're being served. They know when the other person or the business, as the case may be, uh, is really there to try to help them. Usually, of course, to to sell a product or a service, but sometimes it can be without that. And then you get the referral uh, impact, uh, the word Mm -hmm. of mouth marketing, which we all know is still the best. There'll Mm -hmm. never be anything to replace that. And so uh, that's what happens. So if I'm in business and you're a person who has come to me asking for uh, some help, um, and if I genuinely try to help you, even if that means referring you to someone else, you know that I have done that out of a desire to try to help you. Well, you're going to remember that, and you're going to tell your friends about this fellow who really tried to help you and with no strings attached. And so that's really what we're talking about here. So yes, it is not only possible, it's preferred. Mm. And it, it sounds like we've already started to talk about some of the benefits of serving others, this this really building a reputation of compassion and kindness. And but what are some other benefits? Well, uh, there are several that, that I can identify and I've very clearly written about in the book. Um, there are probably others, but these are the ones that I know. First of all, let's talk about what everybody knows about. Everybody knows that when we serve others, it makes us feel good. We know that, but we don't necessarily know why. Well, in doing some research on that, what I found is there is, in fact, a happiness trifecta that takes place. There are three ways that it makes us feel good. First of all, uh, it literally causes positive, healthy hormones to be released uh, in the brain. Dopamine is one, um, serotonin is another, and and so forth. And at the same time, cortisol, which is a hormone that contributes to a negative mood or sometimes even depression, is depressed. So the good is released, the bad is depressed. Okay, so physically, we feel better. There's a reason for that. We have a kind of a helper's high, some people call it. A second way we feel better is that we are strengthened in our relationships with others. Mm -hmm. If we are serving alongside others, we find that our relationships with them are improved or enhanced or deepened uh, just because we're sharing uh, a goal or perspective with them, Mm -hmm. Uh, a task maybe. the people we serve, of course, we our relationships with them are strengthened too, especially if it's done in the right spirit. But the final thing is we gain a sense of purpose. There are cases in which people have been kind of drifting without purpose in life, and then they get involved or engaged in serving others, and they find that they found their purpose. Uh, one of the such stories I ran across was... Um, an ex-Marine who had been in Iraq and Afghanistan, and like so many of the military, uh, was struggling to reacclimate to civilian society. He found, he heard a story about the devastating earthquake in Haiti, 
called some of his Marine buddies. They went there at their own expense to try to do what they could to serve. And years later, they're now part of a, a widespread organization composed primarily of ex-military called Team Rubicon. Most of those people are involved in that because of the purpose they have. Mm-hmm. So that's, those are the reasons why we feel good. Now, let me go ahead and mention a couple of other benefits of serving, and I'll try to keep it a little bit short, <laughs> which is hard because I get excited about talking about it. When we serve others, Ebony, we give them hope. That's a wonderful thing to do, and that's one of the clearest examples of the power of serving. We know we can live without almost anything but hope. You take away a person's hope, and you take away their future and their reason for persisting, sometimes in difficult circumstances. So um, when we serve them, we show them that we care. Well, just knowing that somebody else cares gives us a sense of hope. Now, we may need some uh, follow-up experiences of that, mm-hmm. uh, but we get that. And then finally, serving others builds bridges in places or communities or between groups where there have been walls or conflict. Mm-hmm. We're very divided right now in our culture, unfortunately. Everybody knows, and to some extent, we're all you know, concerned about that or maybe even frustrated, but We don't know what to do about it. Well, I know we can start serving others. And if all of us would simply look for opportunities every single day to serve other people, it could be something very small, but it will do something to create well-being, well, uh, just a a good sense of community. I I could, again, tell you stories of how serving others has enhanced perspectives of law enforcement people in a community because those law enforcement people, besides enforcing the law, actually serve the people of that community in ways that you don't normally think of police officers doing. So those are some of the ways that some of the benefits, I should say, of of serving others. So you said something really powerful that I never even... I never thought of it that way, but you said something like hope. Everyone needs hope. Like you can't really, there's no future without hope. And that's so true. I didn't even think of it that way. But if you lose hope, then why even try living? Because there's nothing to live for. There's no hope. I, I ran across a very interesting article by that told about a psychologist by the name of Dale Archer, who had the opportunity to work with victims of hurricanes Katrina and Rita, which, as you remember, both uh, devastated the New Orleans, lower Louisiana area. And he said that what he found was people could be divided into two groups. There were psychological survivors and psychological victims. And the difference between the two was hope. Mm. They all It had nothing to do with how much they lost or who they lost, or anything else that you might think would be the reason for their sense of being either survivor or victim. It had to do with hope. The survivors were ones who, no matter what they lost or how who they lost, they held on to hope, and they kept uh, persevering. The victims were just the opposite. Again, didn't matter what they lost, 
but they thought of themselves as a victim and they just couldn't get past that. The difference is hope. Wow. And so that when you are of service to someone, you help to, you strengthen their hope, you give them hope or they didn't have any probably, you know, even to begin with. And then that hope turns them from a victim into a survivor. And now they can, that's that's wonderful. Wow. Exactly. Yes. That's powerful. So what are the traits of a compassionary, David? Well, first, let me say that I, uh, that term compassionary is one that I came up with to describe a person who is um, consistent in their use of compassion toward others and trying to serve them. Uh, I can't say, honestly, it's original with me, but I can't say I didn't borrow it. So here are the five (laughs) traits. The first is not what you would think. A lot of people say, well, it must be compassion. Mm -hmm. Well, it's in there, but not the first one. I believe the first trait is humility. And by the way, humility, to borrow someone else's definition of it, and this is a paraphrase, is not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. It's just putting the other people first. A second trait is seeing needs. A lot of us do not travel in the parts of our communities where needs are more evident. And if we do, we sort of try to shield ourselves from seeing those needs because if we don't do anything to respond, we may feel guilty. And we don't like to feel guilty, so we'll try to protect ourselves from that. A third trait, and this is where compassion is, is compassion. Compassion is not pity, by the way. Uh, it's, it's empathy, but it leads toward action. It's one thing to have a feeling for someone who is in a, a bad situation. It's something else to try to do what we can to help alleviate, at least in part, their situation. So that's what compassion is. A third, a fourth trait, excuse me, a fourth trait is courage. That may sound a little strange for a list of traits, but I put that in because there are times when serving others gets us into a situation that does require some courage. Uh, We may find ourselves dealing with something that is more difficult than we anticipated or something we may say to ourselves, I didn't sign up for this. (laughs) And it requires courage to persevere, to keep working and trying to keep helping, uh, serving other people. And finally, it's just sense of responsibility. Uh, It's easy for us to think it's someone else's responsibility, but um, I I wish I could remember word for word, but um, uh, one of the quotes I found that I use in the book is something like, um, uh, I thought somebody ought to do something about that, And then I realized I'm somebody. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's that sense of responsibility. Mm. David, what do you say to people who are, who think that if they are um, uh, serving others and they're showing this compassion, that they're putting themselves in a position to be taken advantage of? Well, here's what I say about that. That's very likely. If you serve people enough, it will happen. And we can get upset about it. Uh, We can vow never to allow that to happen again. But I think in doing that, we shut ourselves off from the opportunity to make a difference in other cases where 
people may not be taking advantage, but they have a genuine need and would genuinely appreciate and be grateful for any help that we can give. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is it's inevitable. Here's what, here's what I found. There's a certain vulnerability that comes with serving others. And we have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, we're, none of us is ever going to get it right every time. Um, Ebony, I was a, a pastor for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. You can imagine in that role, there were hundreds of times when people came to the church that I was serving asking for help, for food, for bus money to get to the next town. I mean, you name it and, and we saw it or we heard it. And I'm sure we were taken advantage of a number of times. We tried to be careful in helping the people who really needed help, but you can't always tell. And um, my feeling was it's, um, you know, it's better to err on the side of generosity than not. And so, yes, it's going to happen. We will be taken advantage of, but we have to understand that's just part of the territory. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I think we kind of, we, we started to already talk a little bit about this, but what are some of the challenges of serving others and how do we deal with those challenges? Well, some people say that time is a challenge. Not having enough time to serve is the number one reason people give. But um, I don't believe that. We all have the same amount of time. It's how we choose to use the time we have. And so uh, I think that anyone who says they don't have enough time possibly needs to take a real hard look at how they're spending their time and see if there, there couldn't be at least small bits of time in there where they could use that portion of their day to help others in some way. It doesn't have to be something grand or big or writing a big check. In the case of philanthropy, it can be something very small. It can still be worthwhile and meaningful. Um, another problem or challenge is enabling. This is a, an issue that uh, has come to the forefront of serving others in recent years, and books have been written on that. And so I've tried to address that, not in a, um, I would say, a, a comprehensive way necessarily, but I have tried to address it. And so I've offered in the book some, some simple questions that we can ask to try to make sure we're not enabling if we can. I'm kind of looking at the book here. Mm -hmm. um, is this person's, the person we're trying to help, is this person's circumstances staying the same, worsening, or improving? Uh, is this person doing what he or she can do to help themselves? Am I helping this person to take advantage of his or her full potential? And there's some other questions. So sometimes in the process of serving others, we need to ask ourselves some questions so that our serving them will truly help them and not create a sense of dependency. We don't want to do that if we can help it. And um, sometimes it may need, we may have to say no to what we're being asked to do in the way of serving others, we may have to offer something that we are convinced is truly more helpful. Mm -hmm. um, another challenge of serving is, and this may sound a little strange, but ingratitude. When the person we serve or the group we serve fails to express their gratitude, 
for us, uh, to us for their help. Um, I ran across uh, one article that said, when you experience ingratitude like that, just strike those people from your list and don't serve them again. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think that's a little harsh. I don't think it's necessary to do that. Uh, but, but it does happen sometimes. Sometimes if we just stop and think, what are the circumstances that causes this person to need help of some kind? And we may find that there's a sense of shame or maybe even a sense of um, resentment that they have. Maybe their sense of um, uh, need is based on the fact that they've lost their job. And they, they have a sense of, they, they have a resentment about that. And because of having lost their job and their income, they need some help they normally would not need and so forth and so on. And so just a little bit of understanding there, I think, can really help uh, in dealing with, well, they didn't even say thank you when I tried to help them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of times if, if, we, if we psychologically, emotionally put ourselves in their shoes, we, we would understand a little bit better uh, mm -hmm. why they act the way they do. Yeah, you know, when you were talking, it reminded me of, this was years ago when I had first started teaching. I had a student who was, who didn't seem to appreciate anything I did whatsoever. And then for Christmas, she gave me a gift. And she was like the only kid that gave me a gift. And I was shocked. <laughs> I said, she gave me a gift? So I don't know what was happening, what did, you know, in her life or whatever, but I was misinterpreting her behavior as non-appreciation when in fact she did just she didn't have the capacity to express it in a way that I could accept sure. it I guess right that's a that's a good illustration yeah that's wonderful David this has been a wonderful conversation about serving others and compassion and just being that vessel of joy and happiness and love for people and I, and I love how you said like one of the challenges is enabling. And I think that, and you kind of touched on this without saying it explicitly, but it does really come down to setting boundaries too, sometimes with people, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I think is very important. But all of this, I'm just kind of excited for people to read your book because this is just the tip of the iceberg, right? About what oh, you yeah. really delve into. Yeah. There's a, there's so much more that could be said. And um, I, I, I have tried to find another book like this, and I haven't found one. There are other books on serving, but they're on one aspect or another or a particular application of it. This is really more of a general primer on serving. So I try to cover kind of the waterfront in terms of um, why we serve, what the benefits are, what the challenges are. And then the last part of the book deals with how you can find your sweet spot of service. Uh, and it even included some appendices there that provide some information for anyone who says, you know, I really want to, I want to do more to help people. How do I get started? Well, I think there's some answers there at the last in section four of the book. Wow. So tell us where we can find you online and where we can find the book. Well, you can find me on the website that uh, I've created uh, in support of the book, uh, David W. Crocker. Dot com, And uh, you get more information about the book, some videos, some blogs, and of course, uh, you can purchase the book there. 
Uh, 15 years ago, Ebony, I founded a nonprofit that works with churches to help them get their people out of the community to serve people. All of the proceeds of the sale of the book go to support that uh, nonprofit. None of it comes to me personally. So that's a a win-win, I think. Yeah, that is a, that's a really good win-win. Thank you so much, David, for joining us. And I wish you all the best, all the success, all the goodness that's going to come from this book. And so many lives will be touched and changed. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity, Ebony. You have okay. a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye.